Anytime, however, you have the pages. You have the page from last week. Try to keep the pages. So, last week we were, we were in the middle of learning a tire from Rav Cook, from the Iris of Rav Cook. The Nakudis and the Shamashal Oilamato. So, we were in the middle of that last week. Taking a couple of weeks in our Limud, the avoid of Yisvetzadik and our children and ourselves, to try to build a very strong Yisod moving forward of where all of this comes from. Where where does this come from? The, the turmoil that's connected to this particular part of our lives. This part of our lives of Kedusha, and the Nisyanis of our generation. Of course, these Nisyanis have always been in the world. But particularly at the end of time, as it was foretold by all the Tzaddikim. And thank you. And we're living in this right now. So, I, I wanted to take a few weeks learning more about the Yisod, and even this is just a tiny little, tiny little tip of the iceberg of the Sugya, but it's going to be something that we need throughout all of our Limudim in Hashem over the future months and, and years regarding this Avoda of Yosef and Sadik and the Mid of Yisod, to understand the Mid of Yisod. So, We've been talking about two types of Jews, two types of people. There are there are Anshe Tikkun and there are Anshe Tohu. But of course, as we've been learning, we all have in us a mixture of Tohu and Tikkun. And this goes back to the beginning of creation. It goes back to the beginning of creation. And what Chazal taught that Hashem is He created worlds and He destroyed worlds. And how the Rizal revealed to us that the, the worlds that were destroyed are still part of our lives now. That's what we're talking about. And the energy of those worlds is astonishing. And how the Rizal and the Gro, the Lashem, Talib al all the way, all the way to our time to Rav Kook, Rabbi Shirebi, great tzaddikim, have helped us to understand what we have to go through and what it means to raise children, particularly boys. 
and at the, particularly at the end of time, because of the Mashiach. The Anshe Tikkun, we've been learning, those who are predominantly Tikkun-oriented, they thrive on Seder, on order. They're on time. They become very, very disoriented when things are not Masudar. They have a natural, a natural inclination to follow rules and regulations. They usually tuck their shirts in. And other things like that. Whereas the Anshe Tohu are not in the habit of focusing on building Kalim. It's, they are filled with an unbelievable thirst, an unbelievable longing for iris, for lights. And for life, the energy is, is very strong. And what we are learning is how the tachlis, of course, is. The tachlis is, as the Lubavitcher would always say, we've been talking about a little bit, we started, is that we should try to raise the children in a way that the iris, our generation, mostly, mostly consists of toh. And that to try that the Aris of Toh should be, should be channeled into Kalim of Tikkun. We'll talk afterwards next week, Mitch, and the following week about Birurim and Yechudim. We're in the middle of this Torah from Avkuk and the Aris, so if you don't have it, just share with the fellow next to you. We're on the top of the second side where it says, Nishmosam Gavoham the first line on the second mm-hmm. side. Again, and we're going to be getting Mitch within the next two weeks. We'll be getting to back to the more practical Nakudas that we began with. Nishmasam Gavoha Ma'od. Everything that we're learning about, by the way, now, I'm only going to mention this parenthetically, everything that's going on now in the, these parishes with Yaakov and Esav. Esav, you can guess where he comes from. Esav is the embodiment of the Olamato, and Yaakov is the Olamatikun. But as we see with Yaakov Avinu, that he himself was divided, Yaakov and Yisrael. And he himself would have to marry Rachel and Leah. So this, this format of Tau and Tikkun would become the world of Yaakov Avinu himself once Esav is rejected. But the Karchas of Esav are very, very powerful, and Yitzhak Avinu desperately wanted to redeem those kaychas of Tau, to bring them in to the Kalim of Tikkun, and to build a world where Esav, according to Svarakosh, Esav would have been the Rosh Kol That energy of Esav, unbelievable energy of Esav. Say, that what's going to be with Esav at the end? We're not going to go with that right now. There's a long Torah, for those who are familiar with Chabad Chasidus and, and are, are able to learn those Svarim, it's brought here in a footnote. It says Teres Chaim Harashaz. That's that's a mistake. The Teres Chaim is not written by the Balatanya. Teres Chaim is from the Mitla Rebbe, from the son of the Balatanya. So there's a piece in the Yishlach. It's around 15 pages or so, two columns. On this Indian of Yaakov Avinu and Esav, Tikkun Tohu, and in these parishes, there the Mitla Rebbe goes through every single detail. In the in parashas Vayetzi and Vayishlach, every single detail in the parashas explaining the the, the parashas in light of our sugya of Tohu and Tikkun, every single thing.
with the sticks and the animals and with the wells. Everything is Tohu and Tikkun, Esav and Yaakov. And what happened with Rivka and with Yitzchak? And what was the difference between them? Why couldn't they speak about it? It's all in this sugya of Tohu and Tikkun. Just like we're learning on, on Matzah Shabbos, Mashiach ben Yosef, Mashiach ben David, and that, it's not just two people. That's what we're learning. It's not just two people. The two koiches of, of ben Yosef and ben David, those two koiches that were there from the beginning and from before the beginning of time, before creation, those two koiches would become embodied in David HaMelech and in Yosef HaTzadik. But those koiches were there from the beginning, which is also very deeply connected to what we're learning. I, I, I'm not going to do that right now. Same thing with Yaakov and Esav. <coughs> Yaakov and Esav are two people. They're two people. But the koiches, those the koich, that inin of Yisraelitzu that energy, that milchama that was taking place in the womb of Rivki Yimeinu, it's not just between two people. You understand that? It's not just two people that are having a hard time, whether they have babies that are having a hard time. What does it mean? That's two, the two koiches in the world. And it has to do with the shvira, the breaking, and the toe, and the tikkun, Yaakov's tikkun, and Esav's toe. And that what Esav could have been. And then Yaakov Avinu had to take that work of, of Esav upon himself. He really just wanted to marry Roch. He wanted that everything should be nice. It should be, should be Nalmiz, this Galia. He didn't want to have to deal with a side that's so uncontrolled and so difficult and so complicated just like when you have children in the house sometimes you look at your kids <coughs> everybody has all the children are very very calm and very quiet and good and everything's straight A's but if there's anybody here that knows what it's like to have in the same house to have two children you, not God forbid to ever say such a thing but sometimes it can come to head a little bit like you know and you try to machazi yourself yeah but you, you know Yaakov and Esau had very fine parents you know if you try to feel, you know have a, have a kid like that. And you look at the other kid, and so then you sometimes you feel it. This one's a Nishtam, a Yeshev, a Halam, the other one's Nishada, you know. And how did it happen? But he said, okay, but you know, Yitzhak and Rivka were very harsh of the people. So you shouldn't use it as an excuse not to work on things if you have to. But there is such a Mitzis in the world. And Hashem's working out his, his plans in the world. It's very, very deep and it's very mysterious. But it's not just about two people, Yaakov and Esav. And even our own children, even our own children, it's not just about that kid that you're looking at. It's something else. It's part of what Hashem is working out in the world. So if Cook was just writing about these, these people of, of Tohu, the ones, who, the ones who were not able to find their way. And as a result of that, <coughs> the Paishim Lahachis, the very strong words, you know how for Rav Cook to say such words are very painful, to speak about Jews in such a way. Paishim Lahachis, the he was a person who couldn't see bad in people. Now, what would be interesting, but I'm not going to do that, because as it is, there are enough unconventional things that we're talking about, so you have to be careful. But I will mention, I will mention, that the only way to understand in Pneumius <laughs> what happened with Isa Ha'ish, the ones that they're making lights and Santa Claus is about, the only one to understand what happened with Isa Ha'ish is in the context of Torah and Tikkun. And when Rav Kook spoke about him as a Dehaibin and Nisham, as an elevated soul, he got into such trouble with the Eilam and Yushalayim. You can imagine what that caused in Yushalayim. 
and they didn't understand what he was talking about. Even great people, there's some that said they that they knew what he was talking about, but he shouldn't have said it. And they of course wrote a few things to explain what he was saying. But when he spoke, if he's to say something like that, to say that Oisahish that Yoshka had a, an elevated soul, then that was it. Everybody was you know, but not reading the rest of what he has to say. How could you say this now? So that doesn't mean that it's good. He, that doesn't mean that we're going to count him in a minion. Nobody's giving him shishi at all. <laughs> and, 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 and Rav Kook was the most outspoken enemy of Christianity. If you read the other things that he wrote about Christianity, because he understood the evil and the danger of Christianity. But Isa Ha'ish, if you learn the sugya properly about Isa Ha'ish, then you understand where he comes from and what went wrong with him, what happened to him, but also what could have been and what wasn't. The Messias they were in this, they caused a terrible, terrible kilkul. He wasn't a plain person. A plain person can't make such a mess. He wasn't a plain person. There were murder kaychas that he had. Unbelievable kaychas. <clears throat> but he became one of these people. And many of these who have not found their way in Tikkun, they choose to destroy Vihina Maharasam, and they're, they're good at it. They've chosen to destroy, and they destroy. The world becomes blurred and confusing. And everything, because all that's, all, all that's accepted, all, all that's conventional, they, they rebel against, they break down. However, the tamsis ha'oymets. Uh, you know, I don't know how to ever translate the word tamsis. One of you had a good word for tamsis. The essence, okay. The essence, tamsis ha'oymets, of that strength that these people have, of the people of Tohu, shiyesh b'ritzonam, in their rotsen, in their will, in their, in their drive, in their, in their motivation, hi ha'nakudah shal-kardish. It's the nakudah of kardish, as we learned, it comes from the highest place. When it's absorbed in those souls that are measured in their way of doing things. In other words, the key is always seichel. And when the, when the, when the light of toh, when this or of toh is absorbed in the shamas, that are mishoros b'mahalochan, that are measured and careful in, in their path in life, it gives them a tremendous oiz hachayim, tremendous strength of life, tremendous oiz hachayim. We're going to see later on that every single time that we finish Shemunesrei, and not just Shemunesrei, we're benching as well, and we say those words, Hashem oiz la'amo yitain, Hashem yivarches amo b'shalom, it's about working out this inyan of tohu and tikkun. Because we're asking Hashem to give our people strength. We want the iris of Tohu. We want to be able to raise those people and to guide them and to give them a context in which they can use their kaychas. And we ourselves feel that within ourselves. Hashem oiz la We want that. But Hashem yavarches amo b'shalom. But it should be able to be in a way of shalom and shleimus. We'll talk more about that in Mitzvah Hashem. More than ever before, these souls of Tohu are revealed 
at the end of time. At the period before the birth of a new world. Before a new, a new creative and wondrous existence comes into being, it will be a time, as we see from Chazal, all the descriptions at the end of Sanhedrin and Sot and many other places in Chazal, and especially in the Zohar, of what kind of insanity is going to be at the end of time, particularly in the Indian of Begam Hagris, that, that before, as the morale explains also by Rikas Nesram, that before there could be any new Havaya, before there can be a new level of existence, the old order is destroyed. Is, is destroyed. So the laughter of Rabbi Akiva by the Churban was the anticipation of what's going to be after the Churban. The, the Nishamas of Tohu are prevalent before any new level of creation is revealed, and especially before the ultimate, which is the third base Amikdash, which is Mashiach and third base Amikdash. So, Shekhar Malavar Yitzir Shadosh on the floor. The time when the time has come to expand the borders. Because the Anshe Hatikun love the existing borders. They don't have the O's. They're not generally with the they don't generally have the O's to go out and to expand the borders. They they prefer remaining in what's accepted and what we've done until now. That, that change is something which is very painful for the for the Anshayatikun. Change in general is very, very, they're very, very makusha to kalim and to borders, and anything that is anything that looks like it requires breaking down a fence or extending something and creating a new a new place, or moving to a new place or whatever it might be, that's for the Anshayatikun is very very traumatic thing to do. It's just not their teva to break down. And to go someplace, but to go someplace else to try something new, it's not their way. Then Shatikun prefer to prefer what what's there and to fix it and to make, and to make things work. To, it should be good. What we have is is good. We don't need anything else. The way that it is is good. So the Anshatikun love the status quo and they want the status quo to be they say, look, why do we have to go someplace else? Why do we have to do something new? Let's just try to work on what we have. That's the typical lotion of the Anshatikun, which is a very holy thing. It's a very great thing. But but as far as what's happening in the world before Mashiach comes, there, there, there's, there's a tremendous, tremendous upheaval for his Rachavus Hagvulam to expand the borders. Before before that chok, that way of life that is higher than all of the chukim that we're familiar with comes into existence. Is, is revealed. This is something which we've seen many times in Arisachuv and other writings of Rav Kook, that any whenever it's a time for redemption, misgaberis chutzpah. Of course, that's what Mara says. Misgaberis chutzpah. Then things become the tremendous, tremendous chutzpah. Because what is chutzpah? Chutzpah is that the unwillingness, the inability to remain <coughs> in the gvulam. And that's where chutzpah comes from. As we spoke about last week, there was the chutzpah of the ma'apilam, that they had a chutzpah that they, they wouldn't, they refused to remain in, in the midbar. They wanted to, 
He said, we're, we're going to go. Aloy Naola, you know, we're going to go. We're going to go to Echisel before the time. And and I, I mentioned last week, when it says in Torah, Vihilo Titzlach, so Rav Tzaddik says that it didn't work then, but it's going to work in the future at some point. And that's the time that we're living in right now. So chutzpah, before Mashiach comes, chutzpah, chazal say chutzpah, yazgah, we have some Mashiach chutzpah, yazgah, the chutzpah is... That feeling like I don't have to do what I'm told. I have my own idea. Which the P.S. talks about in the introduction. That what was changing after World War I. That all of a sudden, the kids, the boys, were not listening to the rebellion. They weren't listening to the rebellion. I know better than my rabbi. I know better than my parents. Why? What makes you think you know better? The chutzpah is misgaberas before Mashiach. Be Toysegulu, of course, says whenever it's a time of redemption. Because redemption means revolution. And revolution means change. And any time there is going to be a revolutionary change, the leaders of the revolution are going to be Mechutzafim. That doesn't mean they're not nice, not the way we use Chutzpah, like, they're Mechutzafim. Mechutzafim. They're daring. They they're willing to they're willing to go against what was. Now, when that's not refined and that's in and that's in tumah, that's what Rav is talking about. Paisha is what terrible terrible churban that's there. But bitoisegulim is geberes chutzpah v'saar mischolel holech v'zoyif, and the storms are are, are are twirling and growing stronger and stronger. The storms. Protsim acher, protsim yifritzu. And more things are broken and violated. Protsim acher, protsim yifritzu. The Mashiach is called Ben Ish Paretzi, right? It's called Ben Ish Paretzi, Peretz. We're coming, to the, we're coming now to, soon will be the parasha. So Peretz, Peretz is the, the elder Zaydi for Mashiach, is, is Peretz. Yad Ish Ben Parzi. Ben Parzi is, Mashiach is called Ben Parzi. The one who breaks through, the one who knocks down. Melech pirates Geder, the Gemara says, that a king is allowed to break down and, and to go through somebody's property when it's a Mulchama. Chutzpah me chutzpah tigdal. The chutzpah will become greater and stronger. Me'ein kairas ruach. And these people do not have kairas ruach, b'chol ha'oitzer ha'tov, shal ha'or ha'mugbal, v'ametzumtzum. They can never have kairas ruach, deep satisfaction, from light that is constricted, from light that, that is restrained. When they she'enenu m'malei, as kol ha'meshalos kulam, it doesn't fill all the things that they're asking for. It doesn't solve all of their questions. It doesn't satisfy what they're looking for. It doesn't remove all of the all of the coverings, all of the masks that are that are hiding, that are covering up the ultimate truth. Because the conventional old stuff is not revealing all of the secrets. It's not revealing all of the secrets. I mentioned a few weeks ago how Rav Cook had so little talent for those people who sometimes made the mistake to write him in a letter. However, only chelik benistaris, right? They'd, I don't have any. I, I don't. I don't learn that part of Torah. I don't know anything about nista. 
You're not embarrassed. You're writing not only not only that you don't know, but you're you're not embarrassed to write to me that you don't know. You have no chelik in the stars. You're not learning. You're not learning the stars. You're not. It doesn't bother you. You think that it's for other people. It's not for you. So, throughout Rav Kook's writings, this is something which he that he's <coughs> crying about. But these individuals of Tohu, they can't bear the fact. They're hearing things, but you're not telling me the whole story. You're not telling me the whole story. So the kid, the kid goes to school, and they and they say, "This is Yiddish guy." So in the beginning, they're very, when they're very little, they just do whatever you say. So Aleph Beis Gimel is fine, and then it starts to get a little bit more interesting. And at some point, some of these children simply say, "Would somebody please tell me the whole story?" This couldn't be it. This this couldn't be the whole story. What's the story? Like, what's really going on with Yitzhak Avinu? Are you okay with that, what just happened yesterday? <laughs> you okay with that? Doesn't, that doesn't bother you? You can go to sleep with that? Yitzhak Avinu is sitting there, and he, and he says, I, 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 to bring me some of my best food, I really like to bring to eat something good. And Asif, and, and Yitzhak doesn't know who Asif is, and, and Yitzhak doesn't understand. And why is it that Yaakov had to receive the brachas in such a way? Why did it have to come in such a way? So when very, very little, everybody just is, nods their heads and they write, they do their homework and they answer the questions. At some point, there, there are others, there's, the, the children become divided. There are those who will just say all kinds of, they'll, they'll enjoy all kinds of fancy terrorists, you know, in that, in that model of, that's in the Chumash. And there are others who are going to dare to say, like, I don't get the model at all. The whole thing doesn't make sense to me. Not a diuk. Not you know, not a diuk in the pasuk, but like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And what are you talking about? Why would God do that? So sometimes, so I have one of my children that asks questions like that, even when she was very little. She's a very 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 smart girl, and Emma's Emma. She always wanted Emma's like that. And, um, and when she was in Yushalayim, she was, she was asking these questions in seminary. And uh, and. One of the teachers, one of the teachers who's a very good person, called to have a conversation with me and said that what she's asking is gewaldic. The teachers don't have the answers, but you, you should you need to talk to her. She shouldn't ask these questions. It's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem. And and uh, I had to have a conversation with her, and then she starts to ask me, "But why? But 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 I don't understand." Because I, I I said, "I know." I didn't, I didn't have a good explanation, like, why not? But but um, she spoke to a rabbi for us from high school. After that, I said, speak to a rabbi. It's a big tamachachim. Speak to a rabbi so-and-so. Because and, I spoke to the rabbi about it, her, her, her rabbi from high school, and, and he tried to talk to her about that and so on, because he was always good with her questions. He would take her on the side, you know, and talk to her about some of the things that she was asking. Because she, she was like this, like uh, cooking, you know, with these questions. I was proud of her. And she would come home and we'd talk about these things. But the message that we got was if she wants to get a nice shidduch, then she's, she's got to be she got to be careful. These are serious questions, you know. So you can have a problem with with neshamas of tohu. They're not just looking for a diuk like what made Yudal and Tesvav work out. You know what I'm saying? They're not just that's not going to satisfy them. So it's a problem. That's what Rav Cook is explaining. Because they're looking, Shana Megalas Kalarazim, the chutzpah comes because 
I know there's something else here and you're not telling me. It's like, what's the story? What's this? What's the secret? What are you hiding? What's the secret? It doesn't satisfy all of the needs of these neshamas. So there's an inclination. There's an inclination by these neshamas to be boatos hein bakol, to kick everything. And unfortunately, they kick a lot of good people, a lot of people that mean well and that love them. But they kick boatos hein bakol. And unfortunately, when they destroy, they don't, they don't stop. And they'll destroy chelikatov. What's good? The garine ha'oisha ha'moivel alamanucha v'shalvas ha'ilamim. They'll even destroy the seeds of of joy, of good, that that are part of that journey towards manucha and shalvas ha'ilam towards menucha and shal and, and ultimate peace of all the worlds and so on. Hamovila edne that that are that are meant to lead to the sweetness of what's going to be in the end. Alroimus nitzhain nitzachim to the <coughs> to the exaltedness of eternity. So unfortunately, these neshamas of Tau will, will, will stop at nothing. Boatos <coughs> vizoafos. They kick and they rage. They're kicking and they're raging. They're angry. Mishabros umachalos. They break and they destroy. Yordos liros bistezarm. This is a very painful sentence now. We've spoken about these things over the years a lot. Yordos liros bistezarm. What does that mean? They will descend to go graze in foreign fields. If they're not getting answers in Yiddishkeit, they'll look someplace else. They will go and graze in other places. Maspikos bealde nechar. The sin is a samach and is interchangeable. It means, uh, from a pasuk in Navi, it means they, they content themselves being like foreigners. They satisfy themselves being like foreigners. You see, you see what goes on. They, they, they'll try to look more goyish than a goy. <laughs> they have to outdo whatever is in the goyish world. They they go to they go to graze in foreign fields, and they satisfy themselves, trying to be like foreigners. They desecrate. Gaon culture means the entire pride of the Jewish people and all of their own pride. Veinachas, and they still have no nachas. These fiery souls need to demonstrate, to show their strength. And no siyag, no fence, and no, no constraint, no hagbola, no border, can stop them. Now listen to this critique of Rav Kook. Now, what happens is as follows. Those Jews who are in the world of Tikkun, or have a predominant Tikkun personality, but they're weak, 
the weak ones in the world that is built in the Olam HaBanoi, the ones who always have to have everything in the right way, shiur in the right shiur, yeah. and nimus means what? Manners, and so on. So hachaloshim shabaylam habonu balei hashiur vahanimus misbalim misaisam. They become terrified. They become terrified when they see when they see these neshamos what these neshamos of Torah are doing. They become terrified. And he brings the pasuk from Yeshaya also. Miyogor lanu eishal chela. Who can live with such a fire? Miyogor lanu mog de olam. How can you live with people who are who are lighting fire, who are setting the world on fire? It's not talking about Yishmael in one's own house. Miyogor lanu eishal chela. Miyogor lanu mog de olam. Avabamis, and as we're going to learn later on. The first area that they, that they attack and they, they knock down and they destroy is that which is most mysterious and confusing to them is why did Hashem give me these desires? Why do I have these desires? And what do I do with these desires? And all they know how to do then is Ashchaset to destroy, to destroy, to destroy. And you tell them, wait, you could use these kaiches to build, which we're going to talk about how to do that. <coughs> they, they can't understand what that means to build. Yosef Tzadik is called a fire. Beis Yosef Lohava. A fire. Esav is a cash, and Beis Yosef is an Esav's lava. Look at Rashi, the beginning of what Esav says. That one spark of Yosef Tzadik can burn away all of the tumma. Yosef Tzadik is a fire. But if that fire is not contained, if that fire is not used properly, then fire, you see what fire can do. It's the scariest thing in the world. This is Rav Kook's critique of the old Yishuv, of what he was always upset about. He says, the truth is that there's nothing to be afraid of. Here, it means sin, but you know the word chet means to, to, to make a mistake, like to miss, they're missing it. He's not really saying that they're, God forbid, sinners. He's not saying that they're sinners. They, they just don't get it. The weak souls that like everything to be banui and yafeh, they're making a mistake with these people. They just don't get them. Rachatoyim bali nefoshes chalushos vechanefim heim poichedim. I don't know how, why you use the word chanefim. You know, chanefim means flattery. I'm not sure what. Vechanefim heim poichedim uradach hazosam. They want everything to be good, and they're seized with terror, and they're trembling. Avul giborei koach yodim. However, the giborei koach. Those who are true warriors. Of Hashem, those who are true warriors, Yodim, they know. That when they see this revelation of strength, of energy, of recklessness, of, of madness, is one of the visions that the Nevi'im had of how the world is going to be repaired, of how the world is going to be improved. Shechlul means to be improved. 
And they know that, that this energy of the world of Tahu is for the sake of strengthening the, our nation, Ha'adam, the individual, Ha'olam, and the entire world. However, in the beginning, this Ka'ach, this energy, comes out, is manifested, and that's especially during the age between whatever, by mitzvah and, and chasna at that time. Those years of, of adolescence. Shabitchil Mazgal Hakar Bitsurasato comes out Bitsurasato, tremendous kar Bitsurasato. Ulubasov Yilokach Midair is showing, but in the end, this kar is going to be taken from the hands of the wicked. Vinosan Bidit Sadikim. And the tzaddikim will take this. The tzaddikim will use this koch. We won't leave it any anymore in the hands of the Rishayim or to make mistakes with raising these neshamas of toes so that they unfortunately become Rishayim. We're going to reclaim this koch, this energy, this creative, powerful force of toe. We're going to reclaim it and take it away from the behemoths, from the chayas and the behemoths, from the Rishayim. The tzaddikim who are strong like lions. And they're going to reveal the amitas hatikun v'habinyan. The truth. Amitas hatikun v'habinyan. That we need this energy, this koach of tov. For the purpose of amitas hatikun v'habinyan to build what we need to build, to fix what needs to be fixed. Ba'oz Ruach, these tzaddikim will operate in a way of Oz Ruach, with tremendous courage and strength, shall seichel tzalul, with a clear mind. Seichel. That's the key. Seichel tzalul, with a mind that's clear. Uva'ometz nefesh, and with a Courage of the soul, shall hagosha v'hisgalus meisis kvua and to be able to take this omets nefesh, this powerful omets of the soul and of the emotions, and to reveal the tikkun in a way that's masis kvua, that's practical and that's permanent, and that's not crazy, that's that's practical, ubrua and clear. Hasufais halolu, these storms of the end of time. Yecholu gishme nedava. There are winds, there are winds, but and we don't see at the bracha the rain that the winds are bringing. But he says that hasufas halolu these storms yecholu gishme nedava. They're going to give birth to gishme nedava, to beautiful rain that, that everything and everything will grow from this from these storms that are bringing the rain, the gishme nedava, and our pileit chayshach. Elu and the terrible darkness that we're in at the end of time, Davki he says, you machshire oram gadolim are going to prepare the way for tremendous lights. Machshire oram gadolim. Ume ofel ume choshech. It says in pasuk, ume ofel ume choshech, and from clouds and the darkness, ene ivrim tirena. The eyes of those who were blind will be able to see. That we're not ever able to see, we'll be able to see. Let's just start, let's start the next page you just got now. We'll just start a little bit.
This is from Eretz Hakodesh from Chela Gimel. Rav Cook takes this and this piece from the individual to the generation, and helps us to understand it. It's a little bit easier to understand than what he was just saying. Let's just read the beginning, and we'll, get, and we'll finish this next week, and we'll move ahead. Yeshnam anoshem asher asa elikim oisam yosha. There are some people that asher asa elikim oisam yosha. That God just made them straight. Asher asa elikim oisam yosha. Shetchunosam shoketa. That their general disposition is quiet. Shoketa. And all that they want and the way that they succeed, these people, is with Hadrocha Yeshara, everything with Yashvas, and Menucha, Pnimis. They, they don't live in a state of turmoil, more peaceful, more serene, more tranquil type of people. And that's the girl. That doesn't mean to say they might not have a bad time here there. But for the most part, these individuals live in a way where there's menucha pnimis, which is kavulahem. Menucha pnimis. Omnam im yisyagu b'tayru b'musa b'chachma yahal b'malus gedolus. And if these people work hard in their learning, tayru and musa and so on and chachma, they will rise to great heights. Avo b'chol ofen hinam anshe yosher tovim v'hagunim. These are Erlicha people, straight people that are good and they do everything in a proper way. Gorolam Shalela, the destiny of these people, is Julios Asukim Bemekzos Hamaisim Bepoel, or Bechokmas Hamaisias. They occupy themselves with either with practical type of work where they could see in a clear way the benefits to others, to themselves, and to the world through that work that they're doing. Or chachmas that have some practical and pragmatic application. They're naturally moral and ethical people. And that, that's, that's their temperament. And, and therefore, the, the, the fact that they are that way, it's, it's, that's who they are, and it's menucha. Such people might not reach the highest heights, but they're also not going to sink to, to, to bad places. But there's another type. People who have no menucha. These are, people, these are people who are always in the balance. It could go either way. There's they could they could ascend to the highest heights of heaven. to sink to the lowest depths. These people can never relax just the fact that they're doing well in their learning or in their behavior. They can never take it for granted because they have to work on fixing themselves and adjusting. It could be every day it's an Indian to get to shul, to get to seder, to take care of what you have to, to get the things done. It could be a melchama from day to day. From day to day. Let's see, it'll take another five minutes to finish the 
However, these individuals, when they are able to work out that path and carve that way that they need to, they go very, very, very up to higher, higher place. But if they're not careful, and if they go off of that path, they're very likely to sink matamata very low. These are people who must always be, every day, involved in Torah and Avaida. Constant learning, a lot of learning, a lot of Avaida. He says, for these people to go off and to be Isaac and other things. I mean, even when it comes to practical jobs, some of them would not do well. This is, we can talk about this a lot, but I mean, you think many of these people do very, very well, dafki and practical things. But listen to what he says at the end, because I'm not going to the, to, into the Yukim here, but look at the end. He says, let's just finish, but Mahalach in the Seder of generations, Bechlal Nimsa Lefamim Doris Kela, this also is generational. There are certain generations. That the general temperament of the generation is the first type. And the chinuch of that generation fits more with the first type that we were talking about. But there are generations that the nature of the generation is misnoday. That the second type, moving, moving back and forth. To. With their spiritual panasa, they need a constant. They need constant injections of ruchnius, and constant of kedusha in order to keep them not only in the right way, but to, that they should be able to ascend higher and higher. Sometimes you'll see such a thing where the where a person or the generation on the outside looks like this manucha. On, the, on one hand, it looks like there's menucha. The other, on the other hand, there's a panim of tnuah, of motion, of movement. And the leaders, they must, who's responsible, the leaders are responsible for the klal, for Am Yisrael. They must, what? To pay attention. How to educate the generation. To give every chilek of the generation, every type of Jews of that generation, the proper education, the proper chinuch, each child, each one that needs the proper chinuch that fits who he is, and the type of chinuch that he or she needs in order to be able to be successful, in order to thrive. And Mr. Shem, we should be zeichet to, to give that over to our children. We'll continue, we'll continue next week. <coughs> Oh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>